When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, you're very welcome along to the Arts House, where we crashed in on top of the weather, but Jess is still there. Morning, Jess. Good morning, Emery. <laughs> so what kind of day is it going to be today? <laughs> it's going to be quite a rainy day today. And oh, come on. Breezy this afternoon. <laughs> we'll have some high temperatures of 11 degrees. And would you believe, Emery, the current temperature is in fact 11 degrees? Yeah, well, I want Should a we second don't need the old factor yeah. 50 today then, no. Jess? Okay. No, enjoy the indoors while it's raining. <laughs> Thanks a million. That was my finger hitting the button there twice. So we missed the old proper uh, full length of the entire weather jingle. But yeah, let's face it, lads, today's going to be fairly miserable. Miserable? No, no, no. no. We have nice jazzy weather today, okay? Might be a little bit blue here and there, but apart from that... I don't know. Listen, guys, you're very welcome along to the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Uh, my name is Elmarie Maw and Connor Tallon's also here in studio. With an umbrella. <laughs> Just about. We're looking down over Patrick Street and the lights are still shining right the way through the city. And uh, usually during the course of the programme here on a Sunday is when the lights kind of switch off and the city begins to creep gradually to life. And uh, hopefully, whether you're staying in town or whether you're out and about around the county that we'll have lots of ideas for books for Christmas particularly on the show this morning that's almost the overriding theme in fact some great guests though chatting about books they've written this year Alice Taylor is along later on John Creedon is along B.B. Baskin will be chatting to us in a while yeah, and I've got Pat Talbot and Charlie Ruxton. Pat Talbot is talking about two Lord Mayors. Charlie Ruxton is talking about one colouring book. And, of course, we've got our work of the week coming from the Cladder Market, which makes it kind of Christmassy as well. So that and a lot more to come on the show. In fact, we've got something like eight interviews over the next I know. two hours. Joan Lucy is going to be telling us about a whole load of books for Christmas, especially Cork books or books by Cork authors, if that's something you'd like to do. And we have a book that kind of looks back at the year in a whim humorous way through telling limericks and a competition for you as well today for one of the books that we'll be mentioning a little bit later on but I suppose this would really be for a basketball fan it's a cork book about basketball and we'll chat about that later in the meantime you know you can text or whatsapp us at any stage and we love to hear from you uh, we saw the text and whatsapp as always is 0833 96 96 96 we're getting into full Christmas mode <laughs> The halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la. Is the season to be jolly, fa la 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 la. Don we now our gay apparel, fa la 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 la
the ancient Yuletide carol. Fa la 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 la. Blazing Yule before us Strike the harp and join the chorus Follow me in merry measure While I tell of Yuletide treasure Kicking us off in style there, that's Nat King Cole Now you know when you see something happening it's kind of just out of your control and it almost feels like it's happening in slow motion but you just can't stop it like you know if you see a, a cup maybe something going to fall to the floor and you know you just won't get there in time well I guess it was like that for so many of our performing artists in Cork this year and Cork singer Amanda Neary was one of those who saw all her concerts and engagements cancelled in kind of like a domino effect which started in March and like so many other singers then she had her work wiped out for the rest of the year. Well, she inherited two cats and in lockdown was scribbling a limerick about them which then had a kind of a domino effect of its own (laughs) as she wrote more limericks about the surreal year that we've had and a collection of all those limericks has now been published in time for Christmas as a lovely keepsake book for this crazy, crazy year. The writing of limericks is very particular. You know, there's a rhythm, there's a cadence. There has to be, like, mm. they, they follow a formula because that's what is the, the key to unlocking the joke if there's one inherently in it or the punch of a lesson if a limerick is telling one. So you have to have a kind of a lot yeah. of things at play when you're writing a limerick and it makes it tricky then sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, I did. I stayed at it quite intensely and learned as I was going. But as you say, it is a five lines, but it's five lines full of a rhythm and lines one, two and five have to rhyme between five and ten syllables and lines three and four have to rhyme between five and seven syllables. So, and then you've got to say your bit in between that, you know. But I, I decided, I was originally writing about the cats, but I decided it, it took a theme then of the actual lockdown and the pandemic and that's where I went with this, you know. I stayed with that theme with the vision that the book would be a kind of a, a record or a little memorable keepsake of the year that we've had. Oh my God. Well, it's a really imaginative and fun way to keep a diary. And I suppose it helps keep you sane when you look back at how insane the year has been. I mean, like, do you find yourself reading limericks that you would have written back in April going, Mother of God, I'd forgotten that. Yes, well, I, I was hoping people, I mean, I look at it as both humorous and reflective and I I would love if people pick up the book in a few months time and look back and say gosh yes I do remember that you know so that's what I wanted it to achieve as well as creating some sort of employment for myself by the way it's not all altruistic (laughs) Yes because the book is for sale and people can buy it as a Christmas gift as well for people and you're selling it through the number one media group store so if people look for number one as in N-O and the numeral one number one media group store dot com which is of course Michael Mulcahy supporting so many tremendous Cork businesses and products and fair play to him so if people Google and find you on Facebook at that as well. So you can actually get two books for 20 euro and send them off in the post to people as a Christmas gift, which I think is great. I'm going to ask you, Amanda, to share maybe one or two of the limericks with us this morning. So do you have a book handy there with you? Well, if you remember, there was a headline, of course, saying at one point that clothes were (laughs) non-essential. And uh, so that's where this one came from. Okay, go over it. So this is 
The headlines read clothes non-essential, as though they were inconsequential. If we all ran out nude, there'd be shouts of how rude to be without clothes is just mental. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Those little things just remind us of how uh, bizarre so many of the restrictions and things like that that have been given to us this year have been so necessary in some respects. But... This time, 12 months ago, if we were having this kind of conversation now, it would feel like a surreal dream that we were having after some heavy medication or something, wouldn't it? Uh, Yes, completely. I mean, they're simple, but they are a reminder of, again, there was quite a lot, actually, of what I call Laurel and Hardy moments, you know, that you wouldn't believe, as you say, that they were intelligible conversations or even decisions being made, you know, so... But, you know, I'm, I tend to go with the flow. I'm not, it's, it's not a criticism of anything. It's just an observation, you know. They're all very observational. Well, to send a book like yeah. Lockdown Limericks as a gift to somebody is just a lovely, humorous keepsake of the year that we've had. And uh, like you said, a great stocking filler from the number one media group store.com. Amanda Neary, people can find you, I presume, on Facebook and on Twitter and all the various platforms as well. Yes, my email is actually info at Amanda Neary. If anyone wants maybe a special message written on a gift or a book, um, email me and I'll I'll accommodate and make sure that that's done. So really, there's lots of ways to contact. And there's a special offer, as I said, the books are €12 or two for €20. But they're a perfect stocking filler or a secret Santa gift, I think, you know. Amanda, here's to newer times in 2021 and that the next time we talk, it will be for an upcoming concert. Oh, I, I really can't wait. I've missed singing so much in my what I'm used to, you know what I'm saying? So that's where my identity is, really. Amanda, thank you so much. Thank you very much, Elmer. I really appreciate it. And congratulations again for all the work you're doing for us unemployed artists. We appreciate it. <laughs> and that's Amanda Neary there. And I think just fair play to her for uh, doing something completely different. You can find her on Facebook, of course, and all the rest of it. And she spells Neary, N-E-R-I. Uh, and you'll find her there. But also big shout out to Michael Mulcahy with the number one media group store.com because with that, he's also supporting quite a lot of Cork businesses. And of course, he's behind a group that are really coming through for Cork Penny Dinners with the Miracle on Little Hanover Street as well this year. So that's fantastic. And I have to say as well, well done to Amanda Neary because Maura and Dahi had her on the Today Show on Thursday afternoon and Amanda was beamed in live from her home. And there had been a sort of a small little technical glitch which meant the backing track she would have been singing with just didn't time with the feed from Amanda's house and she had to sing a cappella just like that to start off the show and I thought she played a blinder. So I well, well done Amanda. And the little book is called Lockdown Limericks.
Judith Lynn Stillman and friends there with Bring a Torch Isabella love that little piece now then this year half the world watched Tiger King didn't we and Carol Baskin became notorious but Ireland has its own legendary legendary Baskin and she's far nicer and much more personable I am of course talking about B.B. Baskin. She's one of Ireland's broadcasting icons and everybody knows the story of how she went to India on holiday for just a couple of weeks or something and she ended up staying there and opening a hotel for 15 years. Now since her return of course Cork has been her home and she's become especially known for promoting positive health and meditation and I've become an ardent follower of hers on Twitter actually. Well B.B. has a book out for Christmas simply called B.B.'s Happy Book and she chatted to Elle Marie about it the other day. I suppose in recent years, we are more conscious now of the words wellness, mindfulness. Some of us are getting better at maybe dipping our toe into it or practising it. And everyone's talking about seeking balance. But you were a practitioner and someone who was aware of and researching everything to do with Ayurvedic practice and everything like that long before you went to India, weren't you? I was. And that's the thing, you know, that people get confused about. They think, oh, yeah. She went off to India. That's where she learned about this wellness system of India called Ayurveda. No, I discovered that in Ireland. And the way it happened very briefly was, I think it was as long ago as the late 80s. And at that time in Ireland, there were a lot of complementary medical systems being being tried out, like Reiki and acupuncture and things like that. And I had a huge curiosity about them. And that's how I discovered Ayurveda. It was an Irish GP who was practicing a bit of Ayurveda as well as a wellness thing. Wellness for me in particular is a thing that you practice when you're well to prevent the onset mm. of disease. Except know? we always come at it in moments of crisis or when things kind of go pear-shaped because we haven't been gardening and doing the weeding as we go along through through life. And that's one of the things that I love about following you on social media is uh. you begin every day by whether or not the sun is there, you're saluting the sun, yeah. bringing us into the garden with your phone and giving us a, a lovely little taste of the real world. It's grounding ourselves at the beginning of the day, yeah. which is which is so important and your beautiful gentle voice lulling everyone into you know starting the day with calm like do you float around on a cloud of sublime bliss all the time baby do you ever lose the rag no not usually i not i think the last time i lost the rag was about seven or eight years ago it was with a a member of my staff in india who was cheating financially and i got very cross but nothing since then no what on earth is so important that you're going to waste all that good energy inside Mm. you on on spewing out hate and nastiness and insults keep that energy for another purpose because honestly you know anything that's going on around us that makes us angry it'll pass this too shall pass and it does. So here we are. You're over 20 years in your own personal life practicing balance, wellness, mindfulness. And I think that's why a book of quotes, some attributed to other people, but most and many from yourself, is a real sort of generation or a consolidation of personal practice in real life come yeah. to the page as opposed to opening up Google and saying, OK, 
<laughs> type in the word love and see what happens. So it's coming from a place within. And that's the where I suppose we all need to develop that source within ourselves. Well, I hope that this little book called The Happy Book, um, I hope it will be a, a, an aid to people who want to just dip in and dip out of something, maybe not spend that much time studying it or, or researching it or finding it. And in this little happy book, you dip in and you open it whenever and wherever you like, and you just take one thought uh, away from you. I've just done that right now. And here's what I read. Create your own mantra. Here's an example. Today, I'm not going to worry about me. You know, that's a very simple one, Emily, and yet it's a thing we all forget about when we wake up in the morning. We, we let all these awful thoughts of misery and anxiety creep in. But what if we started the day by saying, out loud or just in your head, today, I'm not going to worry about me. I, I think, think that's so important. And you know, when I was sick just over a year ago, whatever, I did actually seek out positive mantras and positive thoughts and that sort of thing online. And I would actually have said things like that to myself when I was looking at myself in the mirror with no hair and damn all and wondering what was ahead. But but it was, it was digging within for a sense of positivity. And when I couldn't find it within myself, reaching outside to books, poetry and positivity in in various materials. And people gave me wonderful books as well to support that. And it definitely helped me. And this is your second volume, isn't it? Because last year you brought out your first book and it was yeah. it went down a storm. So <laughs> this is volume two. This is volume two. Volume one was called Baby's Wellness Wisdom. And again, that was reflecting podcasts that I used to do. I called them by the same right. name. And we borrowed it for the book. Uh, and again, it was a collection of things that I just felt are very important parts of wellness. But can I go back, if I may, for a second, to the whole notion of mantras? Because this morning I spent a good part of the time creating new mantras. And the reason I'm doing that is probably as soon as next week, I'm launching a private Facebook group. It'll be by subscription only. And it's called Baby's Happy Place. And I'm going to be creating a new mantra for every wellness Wednesday in Baby's Happy Place. And I'd just like to tell you, in case it might help your listeners and yourself, one of the ones that I really liked from this morning early was, today I will look for the best in everyone I'm in touch with. Not I always like easy, but you no. know, to, to have it as a mantra, the use of mantras and that sort of thing for yourself is so powerful. So when people go onto Facebook and they search for BB's happy place, they'll find you then. They will soon. It's not launched yet. Uh, I I think it'll be ready sometime next week. But if they're interested, if they just go to my normal page on Facebook or Twitter or Insta or anywhere at all, but particularly on Facebook, they'll get all the info there when the time is right as to how to join if they would like to join. And what I've been saying is, if you're interested, why not drop me your email address? And then I'll be in touch with you when we're ready to launch. And you can send that to me, if you like, on Facebook in a private message, if you prefer. Or if you go to my website, which is bbbaskin.ie, you'll find my email address there. And you'll also find where you can buy the book. That's now online and able to be bought if you go to my homepage 
on bbbaskin.ie. There, I think I've covered all bases, <laughs> have I? <laughs> you know what? I think you have. And, and I, all I can do is highly recommend The Happy oh. Book, Volume 2, from BB Baskin. Oh. And if people find you on Twitter, they'll also be able to join in with your very early morning little okay. welcomes to the day in such a positive, positive way. BB, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you very much. Go to Minamahagap. And of course, she's a, a Gaelgore as well and loves that. And actually, sometimes she does her little bits and pieces as Gaelge on Twitter. But I have to say, if you are a Twitter user, follow BB Baskin. And if you're not a Twitter user, get on Twitter and follow BB Baskin. Uh, you'll enjoy it. And she's great for conversations online and all that kind of stuff as well. And she's quite an open person. So I highly recommend that. And uh, thanks to her for joining us on the programme this morning. So much happening between now and Christmas. Delighted, of course, that the Everyman Theatre is continuing with its fantastic season of audio productions. This week they have the final in Conal Creedon's Second City Trilogy. That's after Luke. That's coming up on Thursday. Later on, Connor will be talking to Pat Talbot about the two Lord Mayors, which is on next Saturday. But you could also look forward to now to Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. That's going to be broadcast on the night of Tuesday the 22nd, the day all the schools close. So snuggle down with that. Wouldn't that be fantastic? So uh, we've lots more to tell you about in terms of the Everman because now they have cameras brought in, guys. So the Everman is going to be broadcasting streams, video streams, as well as the audio plays. And we're thrilled to be telling you that the panto stars that you know and love from the Everman are going to be joining us for a new series called Once Upon a Time. How about that? I know it's, we're all going to love it. A text in to say, where can I get the poetry book? Let me tell you to check out the number one media group store.com and that will find it all for you. In the meantime, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after these. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thanks a million, Jess. That's Jess Lean in the newsroom. Now then, Connor's been taking a fast look at what's making the pages, or the front of some of Sunday's pages. Sorry. Don't worry, I'm going to fly through this in less than two minutes, starting with Brexit talks and brink over level playing field. That's the front page of the Sunday Times. As expected, other stories would be vulnerable in HSE staff to get COVID jabs, quote, by summer. Another story is state probes rack up 107 million euro bill. Justine McCarthy tells tells us that 11 state inquiries currently underway have run up a collective bill of almost 107 million euro. An analysis by the Sunday Times has found seven of them have been missed several deadlines and produced no substantive reports to date. And the other story in the front page is Google offices go to market. Colin Coyle writes that what to do with thousands of square metres of office space when employees want to work from home? Google has searched for an answer and decided to translate more than 300 million euro of its Boland's Key campus in to an indoor market in the style of Cork's English market. Wow. Yari, you'd never be the same as Cork. <laughs> anyway, on to the Business Post. Government planning Brexit bailout for food exporters in event of no deal. Coveney, focus on help should be on maintaining market share in UK. Naive to think Britain will come back to the table at a later date. Sunday Independent. Students sent into COVID-hit hospital. Young nurses were deployed to home where 24 elderly died. HSE records were reveal night shifts. And that's a story in the front page of the Sunday Independent. Maeve Sheen and Hugh O'Connell working together there. But finally, last word to Brendan O'Connor, basically telling us that we've got a von der Leyen condition. And that's <laughs> very, very true. And now, he actually, if you dig down a little bit, he keeps telling us that he wants to make a deal. This is Boris. Wants to make a deal with our European friends, while Ursula assures us that she wants to offer our British friends access to the European market. No doubt, somewhere in the bowels of the EU, there is a bureaucrat with responsibility for straight bananas and related matters preparing a trade description case about the use of the word friend. You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead in your mind. From your nice warm bed You just remember What your old past said Or you got a friend in me Yeah, you got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got trouble I got them too There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you We stick together See it through Cause you've got a friend in me you got a friend in me Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am 
years go by A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me Every week, the work of the week is always a little surprise to me. And this week, I was surprised at how much I missed something as soon as I saw this week's work of the week and spoke about it in the company of assistant curator Michael Waldron. Michael, I miss shopping. I miss the English markets. I miss going into town and I miss the hustle bustle. Looking at this week's work of the week, I can see it all because what we're looking at is quite a colourful painting. It's a market full of colourful, colourful characters. It really is. And yeah, the title is called Clada Market Galway. Yeah. And it's by the Scottish artist Grace Henry. And yeah, absolutely. What we have is all of the hustle and bustle of market stalls, covered market stalls, patched cottages just making up the background. And we were just right in the midst of it all. (laughs) As you said, it's beautifully colourful, so we can't really make out what's on sale. (laughs) But there's certainly a really gorgeous energy to it. Maybe an energy that we all miss at the moment. Clearly see the movement of all the, the women in their shawls moving around obviously around the stall and you can see all the the glittering colour and explosion of colours in the middle of this this painting that dates back to over over 100 years ago yeah so it dates to 1916 to 1918 so we're just over 100 years old and it was painted while the artist lived on Ackle Island so this was obviously a foray onto the mainland to do some shopping perhaps or to (laughs) observe the going on of a traditional open-air Irish market, you have these figures that you can make out as those three or four women kind of form the foreground and the sides to the work. Some have their backs to us or in profile and others face us. And as you say, they're wrapped in shawls. They're going about their shopping, but we're very close up against them. We are. So we don't have... We don't have a big open expanse. We're in the midst of it. We have the patterns of the shawls. So the one in the centre has these very kind of bold red stripes running through it on on a kind of a beigey brown ground. And then you have these very strong vertical and diagonal for all the world props propping up the the canopy above the market stall. And as you say, all of that gorgeous colour of whatever is being sold. Maybe it's fabrics, maybe it's... Trinkets. Know, it could be anything, really. Yeah, yeah, Trinkets, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the unusual thing is the main character in the foreground has her back turned on us. That's quite a bold move for an artist to make because normally when you take you know, a portrait of a group of people, you'd expect them, like if you were taking their photograph, for everyone to be facing you if that was the way you were going to compose it. But she allows one of them to literally just show you her back. That's all you have. Yeah, and so we have a figure to her left that looks at us, is passing shoulder to shoulder. Maybe Mm. she's looking slightly her way. But yes, this central figure is quite mysterious. And we might call it maybe like a subjective figure, as if they were 
our point of view. In in German art, they would call it a Rückenfigur, so a figure with their back to us. <laughs> so we can only imagine their experience. Kind of, we're shut out of their experience. That's wonderful, so to speak. <laughs> now, I can tell that I'm looking at a modern art rather than something that's more realistic. And I also recognised Grace Henry's surname, and I was wondering, was she related to another Henry? Because I don't know an awful lot of artists. I've learnt a lot over the last 35 weeks. Can you believe it's 35 weeks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah, this is, this is definitely modern art. So we would probably call this style post-impressionist. Okay. There's quite bold brushwork, particularly in the canopy that is over the market stalls, which is in this quite buff, sandy colour, but there are blue greys coming through it. And if we think of post-impressionism, the time after Monet and, and Renoir, and it's kind of going into the realm of, you know, Van Gogh and, and, and other artists. Yeah. So it's, it's not hugely detailed, but we do get this wonderful energy. It's quite expressive. Oh, you ask, who is Grace Henry? Well, mm. Down in the bottom right-hand corner, her, her initials are E-G-H, which stands for Emily Grace Henry. Yeah. She was born Emily Grace Mitchell, just north of Aberdeen. And the Henry was added to her name when she met a fellow artist while studying in Paris at the start of the 20th century. Huh. And that was the Irish painter Paul Henry. Ah. So you probably know his work. Yes. And his scenes of the west of Ireland and of yeah. turf ricks and yes. really the postcard view really of, of the west of Ireland. Uh-huh. And I suppose his reputation has really eclipsed hers, but she would probably be the more innovative artist. Yeah. But for the longest time, she was known as Mrs. Paul Henry. <laughs> Right, you can actually tell there's an awful lot going on here and obviously they had a lot in common and they decided to just work alongside each other. And this was done when she was on Ackle Island over a period of a decade or so. That's when they lived together there. Yes, they they initially lived in London Mm. and then moved to Ackle Island. It was only meant to be a two-week stay, but it seems that Paul really wanted to stay there. I don't think Grace ever really felt super comfortable living on the island and often made breaks for Galway or for Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they, they stayed together for about five years after they left Ackle. They, they moved to Dublin, but yeah. their marriage kind of disintegrated, unfortunately. But oh. they, as, as a couple, as two artists, they're really, really interesting, really, really important artists for oh. their time. They co-founded the Society of Dublin Painters with fellow artists, Jack B. Yates, Mary Swansea and Letitia Hamilton. So they were really proactive and pushed the envelope a little bit in terms of what was possible in Irish art. It's fascinating altogether when you start finding out more about not just the work, but the artists, their backgrounds, their associations, their friends, what societies they formed and how they created movements within Ireland and all of that. So anyone who's interested in coming along to the Crawford, which is open again this week, will get a taste of the hustle and bustle of Christmas. Although it is up in Galway, although it's not necessarily Christmas, it certainly has that feel about it. There we have it, our work for our 35th week on air and it's Grace Henry's 
Plada Market and I think somebody's ringing you in the background so I'm going to let you go Michael and uh, I'll have a chat with you next week okay (laughs) obviously things are busy where you are as well oh look tis the season (laughs) (laughs) thanks for bringing the season to us visually so anyone who wants to see it can also see it online that's at the crawfordartgallery.ie forward slash work of the week Michael thanks again thanks a million Connor. C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery, and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. And you're very welcome back to the Arts House. Now, the Everyman Theatre is retelling history this coming Saturday as Cork looks back exactly a century to the lives of two of the city's first citizens. Two Lord Mayors tells the story of the final days of Tomás McCartan and Terence McSweeney and the turbulence surrounding their deaths. Well, Pat Talbot has an established record as an actor, director, former artistic director of the Everyman, of course, and known countrywide as a producer. But owing to lockdown, he turned his hand to another skill, history strangely repeats itself in the most unexpected way this year, as Connor found out during a conversation with him midweek. Pat, it seems to me a lot of conversations I've had in the last year is how have you managed to get through the last year? In your case, you've gone back to, I suppose, the basic. If anyone who loves the theatre can't get to the theatre, uh, anyone who's a producer in the theatre, anyone who has acted in the theatre, anyone who's directed in the theatre... There's very few tools left that you can use other than maybe the pen. The imagination yep. and the pen. <laughs> yeah. And trying to sort of realise three-dimensionally in one's head <laughs> what a piece of theatre might look like or sound like or feel like. And after seven or eight months, whatever it's been, that can get a little tedious. But to be very honest, where I am concerned, it has been my sanity because, you know, I, I haven't been in a theatre not to mind to say, you know, work in the theatre yeah. since, uh, I think, February of, of this year, which well. is extraordinary. But in respect of the play Two Lord Mayors, yeah. which has been co-written by my good old friend James McKeown, mm. we wrote this play in sort of late January to March of this year. Right. And, and obviously we had a sense of COVID-19 at that stage, but we had no idea of what really was coming down the transom and how it would impact every facet of society, but obviously how it would impact the arts and the theatre specifically. Because I had every intention, obviously, of trying to stage the play three-dimensionally again in a theatre at some stage in 2020, but that wasn't to happen. And in that respect, I'm delighted because obviously 2020 is a centenary year. I'm delighted to have some opportunity to be able to put it out there to the general public. And I, I think the, the play-it-by-ear season that's yeah. being produced by Everyman, you know, is, is a very welcome initiative, providing a, a great focus for producers, directors, playwrights like myself, but so many actors in the city as well, you know, have been engaged by it. And, uh, and yeah. that's a very, very good thing. And also technicians as well. It's great just to see yeah. some aspects Absolutely. of the theatre moving along. Now, if we can get back to the actual material itself, yeah. everybody, yeah. of course, would have heard of Tomás McCartan and Terence McSweeney. Yeah. Would there be something to be learned from listening in on Saturday the 19th? 1920 was a quite extraordinary year particularly where Cork was concerned. Overall, in the War of Independence, 1920 was a particularly violent year. You had Kilmichael, you had the burning of Cork. 
But in the middle of all that, you had the deaths of two consecutive Lord Mayors, two Republican Lord Mayors, it should be said as well, because Tomás McCurtain, when he was installed as Lord Mayor, was the first Republican Lord Mayor as such. His deputy was Terence McSweeney, and so when, when Tomás was murdered, it was inevitable that Terence McSweeney would follow him mm. in, into the role of Lord Mayor. So the play is an evocation of Cork City at that time, but also a portrait of the two Lord Mayors. And very specifically, we focus in on the last day of Tomás McCurtain's life yeah. and then the run-in to the arrest of Terence McSweeney. And then we look briefly at, at the hunger strike in Brixton Prison. As I say, it's an evocation of these two men in a quite extraordinary year in this city. The irony is that 100 years later, you know, we are having an, a quite extraordinary year. So much came to a halt in Cork City in 1920, you yeah. know, because of the War of Independence, because of curfews and all the rest of it. And there are similarities, <laughs> there are resonances, you know, in, in certain ways with the two years. And I think it's interesting to actually look at that, to mark that through the prism of the extraordinary stories that are the McCurtain and McSweeney stories. What springs to mind is the experience that people will have listening to a production as if we had gone back 100 years and we were listening over the wireless. Makes it very present. Absolutely, and you, you raise an interesting point from a playwright's point of view because, you know, this play was written for the stage. Yeah. And so, in a sense, you know, one has to then imagine it for an audio experience only. Yeah. And I found that fascinating, you know. Simple things like opening and closing of doors that you take totally for granted, you know, <laughs> in theatre, yeah. take on a whole new provenance and meaning. Should you open the door there? Should I close the door there? You know, yeah. will the audience understand where we are? <laughs> I had to ask all of those questions of the script, and I, I found that very stimulating, actually. <laughs> you know, I suppose at the end of the day, it comes down to the characterizations as written by Jim and myself. But also, you know, I'm delighted that we have a very, very strong cast. Dominic McHale, one of our more exciting actors in the city, will be playing Terence McSweeney. Dominic plays Michael Collins for me back in 2016. Yes. And of course, he's gone on to great acclaim on television playing Sergeant Healy in The Young Offenders. That's right. Ty Kiki, who is better known for the Cahoots comedy <laughs> troupe that he founded, who is also a very, very fine actor. Yeah. He will play Tomas McCartan. And then we have two characters, a secretary to both Lord Mayors, Padder, who is played by another great Cork actor, Gary Murphy, and an actor from Kinsale, Mark Wilson, mm-hmm. will play this reporter from the London Times. So I, I, I'm very, very happy with the cast. There's a huge stress on characterization and on the playing when it's just on radio, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The voices, you know, very important. I would presume, between yourself and Jimmy Keown's writing, that you've got as accurate as you could. In other words, we're getting as far away from the crown as we possibly can. <laughs> well, indeed. Jim McKeown, who is a historian, essentially, you yep. know, has a great feel for that period. The period of the War of Independence, and indeed, particularly in this city, is Jim's speciality. We have leaned heavily on that, you know. It, it's, it's been an interesting experience, co-writing as well. That's my first time doing that. And it's been a very constructive, very creative process 
it's actually wonderful to have somebody constantly sharing stuff and, and comparing what, what each of us have done and all the rest of it. You know, yeah. I, I have found that to be uh, very stimulating. Listen, I have more questions than I have answers to give because I'm just dying to dig in and delve and find out what was their world sure. view, what was their political view, what yeah. was the hope of victory, what was the outcome, yeah. why was the empire so afraid of such a small city, why did they hit us so hard, all of those questions. I'm sure they can be answered by anyone who just tunes in on Saturday the 19th to the yeah, Played by Your yeah. season in the Everyman Theatre. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a few answers and also some historical entertainment as well to boot. And some, you know, some wonderful Cork talent on show as well. Pat, thanks a million. Right. I think we're all the richer for everyone having to kind of knuckle down this year. I think a lot will actually, a lot of good things will come out of 2020 and this is one of them. Again, Pat, thanks a million. Thank you, Connor. You and yours, a very happy Christmas from Cork's 96FM and C103 with your local mace going the extra smile for 60 Christmases and counting. Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do.